good day. It's Mark Sylvester here. I'm the host of 805 Conversations and the head of 805 Connect. And thank you for joining us again for another fascinating conversation with someone you'll want to know better. Today, we've got Greg Van Ness, who's the CEO of Tolman & Weicker, based in the 805 down in Ventura. And Greg, thank you so much for coming to join us. And uh, right off the top, I want to thank you for supporting 805 Connect, the conversations that we had. It was really clear right off the bat that our missions are aligned around stewardship of the region, supporting the region, and supporting the effort. So on behalf of everybody at 805 Connect, thank you so much. Well, it's it's our pleasure, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. You're, you're doing great work. Oh, thank leading, you. Leading, you know, the 805 Connect uh, in, initiative and mission, and uh, it's our pleasure to help support it and participate in it. Well, thank you. I want to, uh, you were kind enough to send us some little background about yourself, and I was really fascinated. I, I'm interested in the people behind the businesses. I think the business is in, is are interesting, but the people who are running them and shepherding them, uh, I want to focus on that a little bit. So you grew up here in Santa Barbara, is that right? Grew up in Galita. In Galita. Yeah, I'm a, a, a Dos Pueblos High School alum, class of 73, uh, ended up graduating from UC Santa Barbara with a BA in sociology and then went off to New York City and began my business career. Now I want to let's go back to high school because you were involved in sports. I was. Uh, I, I played pretty much whatever was in season, but had my, my my most success playing football. I was quarterback of the DP team that won the first um, league championship in 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be, you know, a team MVP and uh, co MVP of the league and. Um, recognized as all CIF and uh, then went off and, and played football in college uh, at Nevada, Las Vegas, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, after um, playing football, came back to UC Santa Barbara. Yeah. Now, the reason I focus on that is um, we pay, in a, another part of my life, pay particular attention to people who have a sports and business background. I think that there is something uh, – that sets you apart from others. And it is, there, there are a lot of things, but I think it's discipline, it's teamwork, it's shared mission, it's having goals. It's a, a big part of it is doing the work. You know how much work you've got to do to be prepared for game day. And you do whatever it takes to be prepared for game day. And that's that's the discipline part. And it's the looking out for your teammates. And it's them looking out for you and being the quarterback and being the leader. And we think that those skills at such an early age profoundly affect who you turned out to be. Would you speak to that for a second? Yeah, I, I completely agree. In fact, you know, uh, when I've been in numerous interviews and conversations over the years of my business career uh, where people have asked, well, you know, what, you know, what was your first leadership opportunity? What, what got you interested in, you know, being in a leadership role? And it goes all the way back to competitive athletics and, and being quarterback of a football team. And there's so many life lessons. One doesn't have to be a quarterback. You know, I have a, a you know, a, a freshman uh, son at Loyola Marymount who's a goalkeeper on the soccer team. And he's learning a lot of life lessons, as, as you noted, about, you know, uh, being prepared, you know, um, sacrificing, you know, now for a future benefit, being part of a team. 
our, our, our daughter is playing whatever's in, in, in season, sure. of course. Uh, and I think no matter what your position on, a, on an athletic team, there's a, a huge benefit that you, that you take into your adulthood. It is very formative. It certainly has been for me, uh, including, you know, the hard knocks that you take and, and, and the resilience that you bring forward, you know, as, as part of who you are that helps, you know, with your everyday life. Uh, so they say what a batting average of 300, 350 is really good, yet you're only hitting a third of the pitches. Yeah. And th- so that translates over into business. We feel like we have to be 100% successful all the time. But if we were 33% successful in sports, we'd be doing okay. That's right. Now I want to introduce someone else who's with us here, um, the sponsor of our 805 Conversations, the podcast series, is Pull String Press. And Patrick Melroy uh, is working the boards and making sure all the technology is working, but Patrick's got a voice in this conversation as well. So, Patrick, welcome. Hi, Mark. And uh, Patrick uh, is uh, adds the, uh, there's a yin-yang here, because Patrick's a fine artist and a professor and looks at the world differently, but has a lot of uh, young business friends, business friends who have businesses that are contributing to the economy. So he's in those conversations as well. So we will, um, uh, Patrick will ask some questions and, and, and look at things through a little different lens. I want to ask one other piece about your background. It's very particularly interesting to me. You're an 805 guy. Mm -hmm. You get an opportunity to move to the capital of the world, New York City. Right work at one of the largest advertising uh, holding companies on the planet, Interpublic Group, who I have experience with because I worked with them with uh, McCann Erickson, right. McCann the evil guys on Mad Men, uh, <laughs> who are not like that at all. I mean, they're not like that at but all. The, but the stories, the stories that one hears of the of, of those days, you know, in the in the 60s, you know, uh, you know, the early days of advertising that you see in Mad Men, you know, are, they're, they're certainly some themes that emerge you know when you're listening to the the, the that old was guard. not pure fiction was yeah it? no not pure fiction that's for sure so what did you do at IPG I uh, went to work in the uh, executive development department for Interpublic which was responsible largely for training and development programs for line executives in the operating companies got it so what so so your interest in leadership goes way back yeah to there yeah that was my first um, real opportunity to in, engage with a team of people and work for the the senior executive who was responsible for the entire um, leadership development program that included a senior leadership development program um, for the top tier executives within interpublic uh, I was responsible for carrying out the programs that you know dealt with more of the 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 junior managers and mid-level managers um, who were you know the account executive you know teams and the management supervisor level teams uh, within the ad agencies. So I um, not only got you know exposure to leadership development, but I learned a lot about marketing and advertising mm-hmm. from the people who I was working with. Uh, who's that? And that's, of course, the business that Interpublic is is um, you know so well known for. Exactly. What was the culture shock like for you coming from this beautiful part of the world to New York, which is it's more than 180 degrees different? 
It sure was. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was it, it, a fabulous three-year education in in business. You know, and the 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 you know the 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 level of expectation and the accountability for results and performance in New York uh, is is significant, and, and that was a great learning experience and environment. You know, to to understand business uh, in my first real job, and the intensity and the pace of New York City is, you know, for, for me, as, as somebody who, uh, you know, has a, a, a pretty high level of energy and, sure. and, and really enjoys that kind of intensity and pace and, and the variety right. of, of people right. and, yeah. and the, you know, the, all the interesting things that are always going on in New York, uh, it was continuously fascinating and stimulating. Uh, there was certainly some, some stress. I was always broke uh, because New York is expensive and I wasn't making sure. a lot of money at the time, but I had a great time and it was a fabulous experience. So what got you back to the 805? Well, I, I started thinking about what the future might look like, you know, uh, as I learned, you know, from the the people who I was getting to know and, and, and experienced New York, what, you know, raising a family might be like in, you know, either in Manhattan or out in the suburbs and what that lifestyle was like, as opposed to the lifestyle I was familiar with, you know, in, in, growing up here in California. And I knew at that point that I wanted to get back to California. And I also became interested in having a little bit more control of, you know, my destiny, so to speak, in terms of the money I was going to make if, if I, you know, worked hard and, and succeeded well. Uh, and, and at that point became very interested in getting into sales. And mm. uh, so I began networking, you know, with, you know, sure. contacts that I had in California and through family members and so forth and ended up falling into an insurance brokerage career in Northern California. Really? And what did you, so what, I'm really interested in, in the turns that our lives take, you know, as a, a phone call, it was something that, you know, you, you didn't go to UCSB to study how to be insurance guy. I'm, right. I'm curious, uh, maybe another conversation, but what was it at UCSB that got you into leadership development? But let's stay on the insurance. Sure. So you get on that insurance piece and what was it, um, that captivated you? Because you said, yes, someone made you this promise of this young yeah. man, you come here and work, and this is going to be a great career for you. What What was the promise? Well, it was it was the vision that if you were able to succeed in, 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 in what I fell into and wanted to pursue was commercial insurance, you know, business-to-business -business insurance, uh, which, by the way, when I was growing up and even, you know, a student at UC Santa Barbara, didn't even know that that opportunity existed, that that was a career path that people that was possible. Did that, yeah. um, and, and so uh, as I learned more about it, you know, from the, you know, the networking and the conversations that, that I had on the way to making the big move, uh, what was appealing was, you know, the opportunity to be very financially successful if, if I did well, you know, based on my talents and energy. And, and also because there was a lot of, of, of real, interesting diversity in in all of the analysis and the difference between businesses that I would be working with and so you know I'm I, I have a furious fairly curious intellect you know and I am I'm, I'm still um, you know very kind of turned on by the the differences between businesses and, and what makes them tick um, even within industry segments that are similar there are, there are so many things, including 
culture you know, driven by leadership and business practices and, and, and differences in the way you know people do their business, even with common industry segments, there's a wide variety of, of ways that, you know, businesses, you know, um, pursue their, their opportunities, their markets, their, their talent, um, deal with risk. And uh, so those were the sorts of things that, you know, I, I was, you know, it, it, people helped me to see and that I embraced. And uh, it continues to be, you know, very interesting to me. Now, more, more these days, you know, I'm, I'm more in the leadership role than I am in right, the, the right. risk management, risk advisory role that our team is involved in. Uh, but I still get involved in the sales process, the business development process, ad- advising clients, often on culture and leadership issues. Um, and so those things, you know, are, are, you know, I think they're highly important personally, and I, you know, I believe that you know there's a high correlation between the results and the output that you know is generated by a business and and the culture and the leadership that's that you know is is driving all of that. Hey, Greg, describe to me that situation of culture and leadership, like an example of like how you would address that or, or how that came up or how you dealt with when you say that culture and leadership. What for for somebody outside of the circle, what's that mean? Sure, uh, an example would be, and this is you know from from the insurance. You know, as as we come into a conversation with a a potential client, it's usually because they have a situation they they want to solve for. Uh, for example, they're having a lot of workers' comp claims, mm. and um, and so when we dig into you know. You know, where are these, what, what kind of claims, you know, where are they coming from? What, generally, you know, what we find is that there are issues related to safety culture, accountability, you know, for, you know, training and how, you know, people collaborate to get things done, whether it's, you know, do they have at the very top of the organization, you know, a, a culture that really promotes a safe work environment and takes care of its people? Uh, there's certainly, in my view, a, a correlation between, you know, um, claims that occur that are somewhat frequent. There's, there's always the odd, you know, accident. But if, 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 if a, a business, for example, is running into uh, frequent claims of a certain nature, uh, that, that points to an area where, you know, we've got, an, you know, essentially for the business, a performance problem. Often it relates back to the focus of leadership on dealing with that issue and addressing it, you know, uh, in, in various ways. Um, and it does come back to leadership and culture ultimately in, in claims performance, for example. So what's interesting here and part of what 805 Connect is about is a catalyst for conversation and we're students of something we call relationship economics. And what I heard is that your approach is less transactional and more about a relationship and you you have a understanding of that business and where that business is going and when you have these you, the data is telling you hey we've got a lot of claims in this area you look at the causal chain of that absolutely and say, Oh, there's this culture thing. And I wouldn't have ever thought that my insurance agency paid attention in that regard. So the question then is what are you what is what's the observable behavior then once you know that 
back to the business owner? Do you have educational programs? Do you how, how do you ed, how do you get them to shift the culture or to, uh, to take a leadership class, for instance? Sure. Uh, you know, there's an array of ways that you know we we you know we you know make recommendations and provide resources and and you know. To your point, you know the the approach is far more consultative that, that we model than transactional. Uh, it's you know, we position ourselves and and when we're doing our job at its highest level, we are risk advisors hmm. and benefits consultants. And to use the the you know the the doctor's metaphor, we diagnose before we prescribe. And so there's a lot of discovery that goes on to really understand not only, you know, the nature of the, the, the claims and the frequency and all that kind of stuff that, that may be going on, but what the broader mission and objectives of the business are, what their broader, you know, issues are, you know, what, what they're trying to accomplish in order to succeed. Um, and often in, in that, you know, discovery process, we learn things that we can point out to a business owner that they haven't even thought of sure, that sure. helped them become a better business, more competitive in their industry. And in the process, we help them reduce their, their insurance costs, you know, sure. through, through that process. Some of that is providing our team of people um, to do on-site training. We do safety training. We run seminars um, on a regular basis in our Ventura office, for example, that, you know, our clients send their teams to. We go out to their sites uh, with our experts and um, conduct training programs on a regular basis, you know, in in various material handling or, you know, whatever it is about safety that they need to do. We do safety certifications. And then often, you know, our risk advisors and I will consult with the senior leaders about how to, you know, think about either, you know, acquiring the right people and getting the right people in the seats or, you know, broader training issues that, that may help people understand their broader role in the matter. If it's supervisory training, for example, you know, how to be more effective at coaching and training, uh, you know, and, and sometimes we bring in third party resources. You know, there's, there's a host of ways that, you know, we potentially provide advice, you know, to a client, you know, to, to address those, those things that may be at issue in their company couple of questions come up. One, uh, part of what 805 Connect is designed to do is to become a wave so people know who's doing what with whom. Uh, Santa Barbara Foundation loves to say that. Let's at least figure out that. And when there are opportunities for businesses to learn, if they want to burn the calories to go to an event and, and learn about these things, are the events that you do, are those do you ever do them where they're open to the public, or are they just for your clients? We 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 do them for the public and and for customers, uh, and and it's it's periodic. Um, the the internal seminars are available to the general public, and the for example the safety seminars that we run in sure. Ventura on a regular basis they're open to clients and non-clients, and 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 we promote those on our website. We have a calendar of those you know safety seminars. That, that people can take advantage of, for example. Um, often, depending on the issue, we will have a, you know, a broader topic like the Affordable Care Act and, sure, and how to sure, control, big one. you know, how to deal with, you know, the administrative, you know, requirements to avoid penalties and how to, you know, um, be more effective in the way that you, you manage, you know, the, 
the cost of employee benefits in an environment that is increasingly complex. And um, we have a, you know, a, a program we've done where we bring in our wellness practice leader, um, who's oh. our, our team member, uh, to do programs in, in, in large, large groups for clients and, and, and non-clients to talk about Affordable Care Act, the impact of wellness as a risk management tool on the claim side of employee benefits, for example, and all the issues related to employee engagement that affect so what is yeah. so I'm going to that affect all of that. So we play a game here on 805 Conversations called Buzzword Bingo and uh, did you just fill up your card with a few uh, while I was speaking? Well, <laughs> no what what's interesting is we all use language and we all use it differently and you know language is at the root of our culture. It's what get, keeps us together. You said employee engagement, and when I was watching you say it, I knew that there was a whole thirty minutes behind that word. <laughs> At least uh, I could tell. And <laughs> I'm pretty uh, passionate about it, and and so are our team. So, expl- how does what does that look like in your world? Well, for our own team, it's a, it's a big deal because you know, I as the CEO and and the leadership team, including the supervisors, managers, you know, and. And, and branch managers and executive team, we have a strong belief that there is a big correlation between the extent to which people are energized about their job sure. and the and the way that our customers experience them. Yeah, yeah. That is our brand, you know, is is service and and advice. So our brand is isn't just what's up on our website or in our nice glossy propaganda. Um, it's really how our clients experience our team, and engaged employees, you know, are, are, are far more apt to provide a great customer experience uh, because they have energy, they're excited about their work, they understand the mission, they understand the, the, the real, you know, profound impact that their work can have on someone who needs protection and, and, and how damaging it can be if they don't have it when the catastrophe occurs, for example, or, or, or the right benefit plan if their child is ill and they can't get the proper coverage, you know, sure. or access to the providers that they need. Those kinds of problems we solve all the time. And our people are very passionate about it. And so some of that is, you know, selecting the right kind of people. And yep. then it's surrounding yep. themselves with a culture that, you know, supports that engagement in a variety of ways, including training them and helping them to see the bigger picture and providing them a career path that gives them career growth, uh, learning opportunities. How and, many people work at Tolman and Weicker? Uh, we have 105 in Ventura. Wow. We have almost 40 people in Santa Maria and uh, 20 people in Bakersfield. So, wow. uh, you know, about you know 170 people, you know thereabouts in total. In, in so you team cover a large part of the 805. Oh, we do absolutely. Yeah, we have a, a lot of clients in the 805, and and you know, clients throughout California and the West. Um, but you know, we, the predominant you know locus you know concentration of our relationships is really you know in in the in a you know fairly concise you know geographic radius that is definitely the the 805 and the the counties, you know, that are contiguous to the 805. So engagement of your employees, they're engaged, they carry this message of service and advice out. Brand is what, your brand is what they say about you when you leave the room. Exactly. And so you want, you know, that, so I get that. I also heard you talk about how you are helping your clients 
through this consulting and advice as it relates to culture and leadership. Employee engagement is a big part of culture. How does your feeling of engagement transcend outside of the company? And in, do you talk about engagement with a business person? If you're getting, if the data is showing you, wow, if these people were more engaged, we'd have less of these claims. You is, bet. Is there a direct line there? You bet. And often, you know, be, because, you know, em, employee claims show, show up as, as work-related injuries or um, leave of absence through stress um, oh. or, you know, there's there's stress claims that occur, you know, where, where people, you know, you, you know for whatever reason, you know, may, you know, may go out on a stress leave. It's a workers' comp claim. There's, so workers' comp claims, workers' compensation being that, you know, insurance that's required if you're, if you're um, employing team members, uh, it's required by law. So workers' comp claims are team member claims that um, show up as work-related injuries. And, and there's a variety of them. And, and so, you know, that's, that's where we see the impact of culture and engagement. And, and in the conversations with business leaders, we often find that not only are they concerned with the work-related claims they're having, but the, the extent to which people are, you know, kind of present, you know, when they're working. Mm. And, and, and we can mm. link that back often to the extent that people are paying attention to what they're doing or not, which may, you know, lead to a workers' comp injury because they they weren't lifting properly, they weren't you know kind of operating you know with you know attention to what they're doing, for example. Um, so that that level of engagement you know, is 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 central often to the conversation about workers' compensation claims and the and the costs of insurance for workers' comp. So let's shift a little bit. There's, uh, in the 805, we've got 52% of the businesses that we're tracking right now are, are less than four people. And then then we go all the way up to, you know, thousands and thousands yeah, the of Amgens and Exactly. Yeah. There, so we have, we have a little bit of everything. And we were talking about risk and business risk. And as an entrepreneur, I think risk looks to me like, am I going to get that deal? Am I going to get that right. funding? Is that project going to get done on time? Are we going to make our deadline? All of those kinds of things. And you're in the business of managing risk, right? Helping our clients to manage it, really. We help them to manage it. Part of that is educating. You know, we're, we're in essence, teaching through the discovery process and then the recommendations that we come forward with. We're, we're in essence, identifying you know, the kinds of things that present risk in, in the business sense, the business context, risk to a business. Um, some of them are the hazard risks, like is your building properly insured if it burns down? Or sure. do you have the proper liability limits if one of your drivers, you know, gets in an auto accident? Sure. Uh, those kinds of things. Those are what we call hazard risks. But the things that keep business owners up at night, and often, you know, um, they're not even aware that these things can really bite them and, or, or even destroy their business, are things that we call business operational risks or even the strategic risks. Oh, um, really? That, that give me, are, it's give a me broader, an example of that. broader, you know, set of risks that insurance often isn't the best way to deal with those. Uh, for example, you know, an operational risk might be... Um, global supply chain management. That's also a strategic risk. A lot of 
uh, even entrepreneurs uh, and, and, and certainly mid-sized businesses are getting their inventory or their product, you know, either finished goods or, or components of goods from overseas locations. Right. You know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of that in the area. Global economy. We're on the edge of the Pacific Rim. If, if you've got a, you know, a, a, a sole supplier relationship uh, for an important component of your business um, and, and witness the, the tsunami you know, that hit after the earthquakes sure. in, in sure, Japan, sure. Uh, and it, it um, shut down some of the major auto manufacturers for quite some time because the components were being made in that particular part of the world, and they couldn't get it into their finished product. Um, and, and so we help people identify the possibility of, of, a, of a risk like that. How do they and, mitigate it? Well, it's, some of it is, you know, having, you know, um, you know, uh, a contingency plan, you know, for where they would get, you know, uh, alternative, you know, supply, for example. In some cases, it's it's not easy to mitigate it, uh, but you know, it's you know, you know, at least it starts with identifying, you know, the risks, quantifying the impact, and then prioritizing what you can and, and you know and how to to deal with those risks. Some of it's preventing, you know. Uh, and, and some of it's reducing, and some of it's transferring risk to someone else through an agreement or a contract. And then even understanding the risks that you have and figuring out if you want to assume them or you want to transfer it to an insurance policy in exchange for a policy premium. Um, so, you know, some of the things that, you know, beyond um, you know, global supply chain uh, would, would be things like disaster recovery, for example, which any business can experience a disaster. And even if the insurance policy performs properly, the Department of Labor tells us that almost half of the businesses who suffer a disaster two years later aren't back in business and often will never be really? back in business because um, the things that they didn't account for were the loss of key employees or the loss of their customers during the period when they're getting back up and running. And hmm. um, so if you don't have a if, – if, if Tolman and Weicker, for example, didn't have an effective disaster recovery plan um, and um, our customers, you know, were compromised, if, if we suffered a disaster and they couldn't receive, you know, the service. Oh, and the, sure, it, um, sure. You know, um, it's, it's a big deal for us to, to be properly protected in, in case of that, you know, you know unfortunate eventuality. Um, you know, that would result in loss of customers. You know, sure. and, and so, you know, often risk has this cascading effect that is not just the initial event. It's then the, the, the ripple out of, of, of consequences, the loss of customers, the loss of revenue when you're trying to get back up in business, the loss of reputation that one suffers, sure. you know, through, you know, an event that compromises customer relationship. Uh, and then there's the emerging risks um, like data security. Right. You know, right. the, the top right. of the news right. yesterday, you know, the U.S. government, right. you know, believes that. that Chinese hackers have, you know, gotten into, you know, the, the government database. Uh, everybody, you know, heard about Target and Home Depot. And, you know, there was a host of risk management issues that that exposed where, you know, uh, in Target's case, the HVAC contractor who was hooked into Target's payroll system to expedite payments for the work the HVAC contractor was doing in a particular location, um, because the the hack came in through the HVAC contractor, oh. all of Target's customer data was sitting in the same bucket along with their payroll, hmm. and 
from mm-hmm. a risk management perspective, you know, the, the IT pros that came in, in fact, we, under, the, in the, we understand the that the recommendation was made before the event occurred. And that's why I, th- I think people got fired, you know, because, you know, one of the easiest ways to, you know, prevent, you know, a, a, you know that sort of an event is to segregate your, your, your data. In, in, and have a Isn't good solid wall in That's called them. a Chinese wall. A Chinese wall. That's right. And so that's that's an example of an emerging risk, in, which every business has, even the small ones. Sure. You know, the, we talk to people all the time who who say, "Well, you know, I don't think I I need to buy you know cyber liability insurance." And and we explore, well, you know, tell us about the extent of your you know data security protection and what data you have, how you're protecting it, and um, you know how you're protecting you know how you're mitigating. You know the possibility that some sophisticated hacker is is going to get in and you know and, and cause you problems, and so, and there's a ripple effect of all of it. There's so a- let's go down that path because that that's interesting. I think we're all um, Patrick. You had a question. Well, I was just going to say like like when you were talking about culture and leadership, UPS had the same problem with an accountant taking home all of their user contacts on a couple hard drives because. They needed to do the work at home to keep up with the pace that was going on in the accounting department. And so that also sounds exactly like something you guys would step in and say, um, why is it all in the same bucket? That's obviously a strategic mistake. But also, are your employees you know, being handled in the best ways through leadership so that they're not feeling like they have to shortcut? Yeah. And and the the whole issue of mobile devices, which are, you know, oh, it's, wow. it's, it's, it, you know obviously, it, you know, it, creates, there's a host of benefits and a host of of risks associated with it. And one of the big data security issues for most companies these days is employees with mobile devices, whether it's the laptop that has the data on it or access to your system that has customer data or your proprietary information on it, Uh, you know, and and then there's, you know, to, you know, in, in, in our, you know, you know, new world of, of, you know, social media, the reputational risk Right. That, that comes from employees out on social media identifying themselves as a team member of your company and, 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 and doing something, you know, that they and, and your company, you know, suffer a reputational hit over. Um, and that happens all the time, too. You so, can't insure against that, though, can you? Well, no. And see, that's a risk. That's a very real risk. And, and our advice to a client would be to, you know, prevent it and mitigate it to the greatest extent possible, you know, through helping people understand, you know, the risk and having rules about, you know, how we engage, you know, and, and having a social media policy that at least establishes boundaries and guidelines um, and consequences, you know, if, if people, you know, aren't, aren't wise about the way they, you know, handle their social media activities. Do companies have, is there an insurance product that would protect my company. So I'm, I've got an, uh, a software company. Well, we run 805 Connect, and we have right. we we on purpose do not connect collect financial information, right? Because I I don't ever want that to get out. And uh, we've gone through all of the kind of uh, forensic IT audits and all of that because we've got clients, we've got government clients, we've got, you know, NASA as a client, the White House as a client. So data protection is a big deal for big us. Deal. But I never thought about liability insurance specifically if the data was stolen. So talk to me about that. That's got to be an, an evolving new line of products, is it? Very much so. In fact, uh, you know, the, the insurance marketplace 
evolves in response to emerging risks or or the way that regulations require them to respond often. But um, data security is an area where the insurance marketplace is running at 100 miles an hour to stay up with all of the ways that a company can suffer an economic loss through a data breach. Right. You know, there's the, the cost of restoring the data, okay, or, you know, and, and then there's the cost of informing all of the customers, sure. you know, that their, you know, the data is out there and has been breached. Uh, and, and then, you know, there's, you know, coverage, there's layers and coverage parts in, in the, you know, the, you know, current cyber risk coverage that cover a host of, you know, liabilities that one may have, you know, you know, in, you know, for, for media liability, for example, or, you know, the, 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 you know, the unfortunate consequence of somebody using that data to then, you know, go defraud the, 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 the customer whose credit card number you have in your possession. So a company could, if they weren't protected, could easily go bankrupt with just a few lawsuits against them. Well, that's certainly a risk, absolutely. And and one of the one of the you know the the key features of of liability coverage generally, whether it's general liability, auto liability, professional liability, is the uh, the, the way in which that um, coverage responds with defense against a lawsuit. Um, you know which, you know, obviously precedes, you know, a settlement or, or a trial. And so um, just the defense costs alone sure. to, to deal with, sure. a, 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 you know, a, a liability suit or a string of, you know, s- civil suits can and put a real, um, you know, a, 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 <laughs> it, can, it can really hurt a business. Well, not to uh, discount even the fees for the – uh, communication professional you need to bring in to help talk your way out of that. Yeah, right. It's 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 a significant it's 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 an issue that you know continues to data security issue and 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 the ramifications, including reputation. You know, is is a is a, a huge emerging risk. That, that could be a know, brand killer. It can. It absolutely can. And um, and so. Um, it's it's an ever evolving area of, of our practice and 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 a, and a risk for you know businesses at all levels. It simply isn't going away. Here at eight hundred five conversations, I'm really intrigued with the questions that don't get asked of businesses and the interactions that you have. And you've just met a business owner. You've had a great conversation. We thought it was fantastic. You really you went through your discovery process. What are the what's the one question that they typically don't ask you and when you leave you're like i thought they were going to ask me that and you were waiting for them to ask you and they didn't hmm i'll have to, I'll have to think about that uh, you know we we try and be pretty thorough you know with our discovery and we try and really broaden the conversation you know, to, you know, those areas, you know, what, what are your objectives at a business? What are your strategies for achieving them? What are the challenges that are getting in your way of getting that done? In essence, you know, what is your business plan? How are you going about competing in your, your marketplace? What are your you know, objectives? Yeah. You know, who, who are your competitive threats? And, and then, you know, how do you deploy human capital? You know, to deal with that, you know, how is your recruitment? Oh, your training? Bingo. Yeah, there what's, we go. What's human capital? People. Got it. Talent. You know that, that most organizations run on, you know, and 
how how are you you know the the whole area of you know team member acquisition development engagement you know um, is 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 a is a big deal for all businesses that want to be successful and compete effectively uh, certainly for us it is um, and you know so we 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 have this broad conversation and we often you know find that you know people have been trained over the years through the the necessary purchase of insurance um, to think about risk only through what's you know included on their insurance coverage got it and so in broadening the conversation and then and then coming back in the next meeting and saying, okay, let's confirm what we believe we heard right, right. And, and see if, it, if, if we heard it right and confirm that these are issues that you'd like to see us deal with, help you deal with. Um, often it's, you know, we, we get into a conversation that's away from insurance products, but that, you know, is really central to what they're trying to solve for. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, we'll, we, we know an expert who can do that for you. How sure. about if we connect you with sure, somebody? Sure, sure. You know, uh, it, it, sometimes it's something we can help them with ourselves. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we like to get into, and I think our clients rely on us often in that role. We, we know we have really done our job well when our client will call us up and say, I've got this business problem. You know what? You know who? Who do you know, or what's what's your take, or you know um, how could how could we how might we solve for it? Unrelated to insurance. Well, I'm going to hope that you uh, invite them to join 805connect.com, where we've got those kinds of experts, and we actually ask the question: How could you help the community? What what are the skills that you've got that you would freely give, or if you're in the business? you'd like a new client. So uh, let's hope that uh, the person who's listening right now thinks, wow, gosh, I had never even thought of my business in that way. And how do I mm-hmm. mitigate risk? And, and I, I appreciate that you bringing that to the conversation and that there's a, a wealth of expertise in this region that we're only just now in our second year beginning to appreciate how diverse it is. I'm going to go back to something you said in the very beginning. Um, you said you're curious. Uh, I am I'm naturally curious. My whole life I've been curious, which is why I feel like I'm in the perfect position right now. I was born to sit behind this microphone and ask people questions about their, their lives and their business and their motivation. I'm uh, f- interested in, uh, I just was listening to Brian Grazer talk um he's with uh you know with ron howard Mm -hmm. uh and he's been curious his whole life and asking people questions and so i think that's a great note to end on let's all continue to be curious i want to thank you for being a part of the 805 conversation greg i really enjoy our our budding friendship here and what you're doing to communicate patrick thank you so much and pull string press yeah of course we appreciate that For those of you uh, in uh, the 805 Connect, we'd love you to uh, tell a friend about this podcast. Let them know you learned something interesting. It was fascinating conversation. We took insurance and made it, uh, I mean, this time, 45 minutes, is just zipped by. And and i got to say, it's the longest I've ever spent talking about it. And I'm actually interested in about three, four (laughs) other ideas because we didn't even get into millennials. We didn't get into incubators and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and all of that. So we'd love to have you back. I would love to come back. This is um, it, 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 
I think you're providing the community, you know, with a terrific resource and service. And, and thank you for leading that. Patrick, thank you for, you know, participating as well. And it's, again, our pleasure to, to not only support 805 Connect, but to be part of this. And I'd love to come back and talk more about, you know, a, a broader set of issues that can help people within the 805, you know, succeed in their business. Greg, thank you. And they can find you by Googling TolmanandWiker.com? Absolutely. TolmanandWiker.com, 92-year-old firm. We're the largest um, private independent um, risk management benefits consulting and insurance brokerage firm uh, between L.A. and Monterey. And uh, we have clients throughout the, again, clients throughout the 805, and uh, we'd be happy to help anyone who's who might be listening to the podcast. And when you have events, please let us know so we can get that out uh, to the the membership. So we'll get some new people there. So from all of us here at 805 Connect and the 805 Conversations, thank you very much. And we'll look forward to talking to you soon. 